Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hey, everybody. Hey, welcome to 2022 AWL2. After White Lotus 2 in the year of our Lord. Welcome to our last episode of 2022. Get her out of here. It wasn't the worst year. It wasn't the best of times, but it wasn't the worst of times. I'm still dying to go back to the good old days of the early aughts. We have got a great show today. It's almost 2023. And man, does that mean different things now than it did to us before. So first up, we have the anti-resolution episode and we are making it more about rituals. Then we are speaking to Steph from Who lose back in the groove. But as always, we have our hashtag swag bag. But up next, take it away, small child. Kicking shit. I was going to go with maybe the most mundane of all my mundane tits and shits, but I will end it with another tit. So I'm going to bookend it. Mundane tit, mundane life, non-mundane tit. So my really boring tit is, God bless, finally someone listened to me, and I have been diagnosed with sleep apnea and can get a CPAP machine. Oh, is that what that picture was that you sent me the other night? I was like, the hell is this? That was my at-home sleep study. I've done a couple of these go-somewhere sleep studies. This has been an ongoing process since even before Luna was born. I just knew I had sleep apnea, but nobody would listen to me. And frankly, I'd gone to all male doctors. And finally, I went to a female doctor and she actually listened to what I had to say. And the study showed that I have sleep apnea. Now they're ordering me a CPAP machine. Because you don't sleep with enough things on. Why not throw on a CPAP? I'm going to have a mouth guard and a CPAP. Sexy. God bless America. That is my tit, which I know sounds like a shit, but when you're 44 and haven't slept well in 10 years, it becomes a tit. I'd take it if it helps me sleep. My shit is actually a shit, which is that we had our sewage explode in our playroom. Been there. And I've been cleaning up turd dust and turd splatter everywhere. And then we found out we had these little flies and I thought they were from overwatering my plants. Turn out they're shit flies. They actually have been coming from inside our sinks. The call is coming from inside the house. They eat Roto-Rooters, exact words, grease and feces. These are Grease and feces flies, everybody. When I die, that's what I'm coming back as. <laughs> so my other tits, and this is an actual not old lady tit, is that we had a friend's 40th birthday party in Brooklyn. Listeners will remember him as the man that broke all the stuff when he came to visit my house. Yes. We went and I was like, you know what? Let's stay somewhere. So Lee surprised me and we stayed at this super fancy hotel in Williamsburg in our old neighborhood. I truly had the most relaxing, amazing two days. Oh, that's so nice. The next day, We got up, we walked around our old neighborhood. We got maybe the best food I've ever had in my life at this Japanese place called Rule of Thirds. And then we came back to Montclair and got a foot and body rub and then watched White Lotus. I remember in the early days when we were still at Scary Mommy, you would always say that was your special date night as you guys would go get Chinese and then go get your body rub and foot rub. Yeah, so we did Japanese and then we came back and did our place where for an hour you can get your feet and your back rubbed. Love that. Of course, my child was nowhere to be seen, which is probably why it was also the most relaxing day of my life. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was a great time. We went to 
went to a club and danced. People watched all these young kids and it was like a secret club that you needed a password for. I mean, I just felt so relevant again. Those are the best days when you're just like, I feel like old me. And I was dressed cool and I felt like I put my outfits together well. What'd you wear? I wore an Alex Mill jumpsuit. I bought yet another one in black. I could have bet on that. I'd even brought my other jumpsuit, but it was kind of cold. And I wore metallic boots and a lot of jewelry and it did like a bright lip. And then I had my Italian cashmere coat that I found at Goodwill. And I was wearing a little blue cashmere beanie. I was so Brooklyn. I was just really feeling myself. I was like, I look cool, man. And I feel cool. Well, I love this for you. Thank you. Because I know that is a very important feeling. I know how much it recharges me when I feel like that. Well, it's like why we started Momtrage, remembering that we were somebody before we were parents. And that's how I felt all yesterday. I was like, oh my God, this is the true me. (laughs) My tits are the plague has infiltrated the Heron Smith household. That's the tits? Did I say that? I meant the shits. I'm sorry. I'm hopped up on Sudafed. I was like, that's your tits? It started with my child and then worked its way to me, who, of course, somehow always gets it the worst. I mean, you really always do. Always. And then Matt caught it. And it's working its way through him right now. And somehow he is A-OK. Maybe I'm just more of a wuss. Because usually we make fun of men. They have a little cold and being like, I'm dying. But it is not what happens in my house. My husband is always sick and functioning. Where I'm like, my body's telling me I need to rest. I've got to sleep for three days straight. But it gave me a lot of time to watch the first three episodes of Harry and Meghan. I don't really have a whole lot of interest in watching that. I'm going to give you my thoughts on it. Okay, great. I am interested as a millennial having a crush on William and Harry when they were younger was part of my genetic makeup. Harry always tried to honor his mother and all the philanthropic work she did and giving back. He was in the military and he would spend all his time in Africa and all these other things. So I always really liked that. Then, you know, he also dressed up like a Nazi one Halloween. You know, as one does. As one does when they're of royal blood. I honestly have not liked Megan this whole time. And I've watched a ton of commentary and read a lot of commentary about how it's racist to not like Megan and all this other stuff. Can we not like people regardless of color? But this is coming from two white women. I guess so, but I think she's a little disingenuous. But that has nothing to do with her race. No, it doesn't. I do think there are a lot of admirable traits about her. They showed a lot of charitable work she did pre-Harry. You can't take that away from this woman. She is very intelligent. She's beautiful. It seems like she's been through a lot of shit aside from the racism of the royal family. She's not in an easy position. Not by any means. But there is something that comes off very disingenuous and very inauthentic about her. I can't put my finger on it. I do believe he fully loves her. I believe there must have been a part of him that wanted out of the family for many, many years. And you can see that in the documentary. And it must take a lot for somebody of that position in life to leave their family and be like, I am going to protect my children and my wife. And I admire that about them. I think he also wanted what his mom wanted, which was like a somewhat regular life. So one of the things that this docu-series talks about is how the tabloids work and the rota. It's called a rota. So how the tabloids basically work within the royal family and how because it's taxpayer money that finances everything this family does, they do very much have a part to play, which is an aspect I never thought of 
with this, maybe because I'm American. So it was interesting. I will continue to watch it, but I can't get over that. I think there's something off there. There's something not trustworthy. My other tits are, we had our annual family hooky day in the city, and we went to Macy's and had breakfast with Santa, which was so lovely. Really nice breakfast. Really nice that we didn't have to wait in line to see Santa. He just came to breakfast. You get your picture. I still stand by Macy's is the most magical place to see Santa. It's a very Disney buffet. Very much. But it wasn't a buffet. It was a really nice sit-down breakfast. And then Sebastian's favorite building in New York City is what he calls Red Light, which is One World Observatory because he can see it from his bedroom. That's cute. We finally took him to the top and he was really into it. They gave him a laptop. You can look out at the view and then tap certain things and it'll tell you what that building is and stuff. So, of course, that was his favorite part. That's fun. Yeah, that's it. So once again, I'm referring to the paper of record, the New York Times. Ashley and I had a big discussion about how this year we're just not into making resolutions. We're just doing the best we can here, guys. Yeah. I don't want to talk about losing weight anymore. We're kind of taking a hard stance that we don't really want to focus on losing weight. We've had occasional feedback from you guys, like, be appreciative of the body you have. And honestly, that's not even it. We're just two women in survival mode, like everybody else. And we're tired of longing for something. And honestly, I don't even work at it because I just cannot carve out any more time in my day to make a fucking attempt. Maybe that'll change, but I'm not there now. So why are we focusing on it? I also just think that the narrative is so played out. So instead, I was searching for a different kind of New Year's Eve, and I found the New York Times did an article about wellness rituals. What are your wellness non-negotiables as a person? And I think, one, just asking yourself, what are my wellness non-negotiables is an important question you should have with yourself. So if you don't know them already, I hope this opens the door for you to start thinking about it. And then two, really making sure that you implement them in your life for your own personal happiness. I just went through the ones that the people they interview listed because they're charming and might give us some ideas. And then I was wanting to know what yours are, Ash. Okay. So this person said they use different plates for breakfast and on the weekends that make you happy. I like that one. I have funny dog plates that I pepper into my other stuff and I like to use them. So she means actual plates. Yeah, like a funny plate that you get at a thrift store. Okay. Pastry with coffee every morning just like her grandfather because it makes her remember her grandfather. I would love to do that one. Just who goes to the bakery all the time? I don't have the time for that, but I would love to do that. And I love that not only does she just like pastry, but it reminds her of her grandfather. My grandfather used to have pound cake with cafe con leche every morning and he would dip it in. What a lovely little indulgence. After reading that, I had Grandma Bubba who died, who all of you know I was very close to. Nostalgia and I went and got cream chick beef because she used to make it for me. Mm, That's some white people food, but I like it. I made it for my like she did. And Lee was like, what are you eating? I'm like, it's just for me. I miss my Bubba. Stop it. Anyway, swimming for 45 to 60 minutes every morning. Now listen, how dare you have enough time? Are you childless? Where do you even go for this? YMCA or wherever. Oh, Also, I'm a swimmer, but I could never swim for a whole hour. What aren't you, Carrie? Well, I mean, I'm not like a competitive swimmer. Carrie's like, I'm a triathlete. <laughs> I've run the Ironman 16 times. No, I'm just saying, I can't imagine swimming for 60 minutes. No. You know my prune hands thing. I could never do it. I have to swim with my hands up like this. I was on the swim team in high school for one season and at my meet I almost drowned because I got so nervous I took in water. And I'm a very 
very good swimmer, just not competitively. Ashley was an Olympic breaststroker. I'm a high diver. Talking to best friend before the day begins while on a walk. I love that. And I do that with Jill. Jill and I have a date to walk and chat. That's nice. Walk every morning alone to collect thoughts. That kind of contradicts what she just said. But when I'm in my treadmill walking, I'm there. When Luna does not sleep in bed with me, I'll get up early and I'll survey my land with a cup of coffee. I just walk around my property. I mean, I get it. Counting yellow doors out loud to keep yourself more present. That's interesting. I have a yellow door. Oh, that's right. It's what I call in the Crayola box macaroni and cheese. Oh, yeah, that is my color. Count dogs, which makes you more present for joyful moments. My version of that is just talk only to the dog and not the person walking the dog. Like, hello, little baby. Oh, somebody's a handsome gentleman. Oh, look at that sweater. You're better dressed than I am. Find your alternative to scrolling. Bird sit. What does bird sit mean? So this person, instead of scrolling, will take 10 to 15 minutes to sit and look at birds. Oh, that's nice. I do that. It's kind of what I did in the pandemic when I became both a bird and a plant lady. And read for at least half an hour a day. I think that's a great one. That's one I always want to get into. And I might start that in the new year as my pre-bed thing as opposed to being on TikTok. Be with your people. It doesn't have to last long. I'm a firm believer in this one. Know the people that are worth your time. Yeah, and increase your frequency. We all know those people that decrease your frequency. And then there's people that you speak to and you're guaranteed to at least feel a little bit better. Yep. Make popcorn and tea and play gin rummy with your partner. None of that appeals to me, except for the with my partner part. Lee loves popcorn so hard. I'm like, I just don't get it. Sebastian loves popcorn and I'll make it for him. I don't get it. I like drinking tea and then gin rummy. I mean, okay. I like a board game. You and I are board game people. Yeah. I would love to have a monthly board game night with friends. I would love to have a monthly go to a casino and get free alcoholic beverages while I play craps with my partner. Dog and coffee. Yeah, sure. Great. My whole life, I'm a dog and coffee girl. And if I can do it in bed, that's even better. God bless. Have you ever tried to drink hot coffee through a straw so you could lay down? No. I have. It's not great. I feel like I would burn my esophagus or something. I'm gonna burn something inside me. Sitting in a recliner at the end of the day with a cat. Again, I'm gonna pass on this one. It's the dog and coffee but cat version. I'm not into recliners and I'm not into cats. Mostly fuck cats. Take a siesta lying on your back with a stack of cushions under your legs. I just want to say this lady has a lot of free time. Yeah. Good for her. Congratulations. But this doesn't fully resonate. Yeah. Every day, savor one moment of joy. This, I have said for years, when I was at my most depressed and I felt like life was just bleh, I made it a point to find a moment of joy in every day. So I don't know if savor it is the word I would use, but I think that is one of the best tips ever. I was listening to on Being podcast and they were talking to this poet who's a very prolific poet and her poems are always about the newness of love. And one of the questions was, how do you find the newness of finding beauty in things? All your poems are about this. You're 85. How do you continue to do it? And she said that she, quote unquote, forces herself to fall in love with something every 10 minutes. So she'll look around and be like, I'm in love with the way that woman's coat hangs on her body. I'm in love with the color of that burnt leaf. Insignificant, beautiful moments 
moments that make life amazing when you really open your eyes. You know, for me, that statement borders a little bit on toxic positivity. Mm. I get it. I think it's a bit unrealistic. And I don't want to sit here and tell anybody like being happy all the time is stupid. I don't think that. I just think somewhere in between feeling miserable and forcing yourself to fall in love with something every 10 minutes, there's a happy middle ground. I didn't do it every 10 minutes, but when I looked around a scene that I wouldn't normally find anything beautiful in, to force myself to find one thing beautiful made me really appreciate beauty in a different way. That I totally agree with. Do a handstand. I can't. I do. It does help. And there's scientific yogic background about why that is. I believe it. I just can't do it. Touch your toes every morning. This was written by an older person and they said that the fact that they can still do it because they do it every day brings them joy. It's a very Jack LaLanne thing. I know, but also stretch. I like it. Practice your passions or your art. Agreed. Once again, Momtourage was about that, about two people who are artists who weren't really doing their art because they had a kid. It's why we craft. Yep. End the day well. Read Nancy Drew every night. Well, this adult woman, God bless. She said, I found some old Nancy Drews and I read them. I mean, good for you. I'm not a rereader of books. No, me neither. And I definitely don't want to read a children's book. I'm not going to pop open a babysitter's club at 44 years old. You do you. Yeah. Take a shower right before bed. I like this one. I'm not an everyday do it type of person, but I did it last night. There's something that feels really nice about taking a nice hot shower and putting on clean, cozy jammies and getting into bed with a nice slickly oiled face from all your products. Feels lovely. As a curly girl, I take issue with this one. Now, I know because I have bad allergies that my allergist was always like, you should shower right before bed so that any kind of pollen or anything that's been in gets flushed out. But a curly hair person sleeping on wet curly hair is one of the worst things you can do for your hair. Can you do it without washing your hair? Probably. Let's talk about ours. Meditating or taking a small amount of alone quiet time every single day. It's not always meditating. Sometimes it's sitting in the toilet hiding. It's just quiet alone time. It doesn't necessarily mean scrolling or checking my internet. It really means kind of doing nothing. That's nice. You and I agree on this one. Face products. Yeah, that is my me time. I now spend a good 30 to 45 minutes at the end of the night when I can pampering my face. Yeah, I do a steam. I don't feel like myself if I don't get to do that. And sometimes, obviously, it's a truncated routine, but me taking care of my skin in a really purposeful way. My other one is going to be nerdy shit. What does that mean? I need a portion of every day to go on some deep dive or read something that is just really specific and bizarre. I've always been like this, whether I'm reading about the Abraham Lincoln assassination for the 15th time. Or like how eggs develop in chickens. I went on that wormhole one day. Or reading psychology today and figuring out what they do when someone loses a limb and they have phantom limb syndrome. Just weird, nerdy shit. I need a little bit of time to pursue that. I just love brain candy. Yeah. Primarily, I like useless brain candy that later when I'm awkward at a party, I can bring up and feel awkward about. I like that stuff too. I guess for me, despite the fact that I've knocked half of this list, finding a moment of gratitude every day slash joy, I'm going to put those two together. And now Sebastian and I have started playing the thankful game, which is us just saying what we're thankful for. A lot of times he wants to play it without me saying anything, which I think is great. My nighttime skin routine is a big one for me. I get off of it pretty often. And then I go through like a month where I'm religious about it. Mm -hmm. I steam. Sometimes I new face. I'm going to hopefully get better at that again. Putting on all the products, doing Dr. Whitney Bow. I forget what she calls that whole process. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Where you do like a chemical exfoliant, then the retinol, and then two days rest. Yeah. That whole thing. For me, being engulfed in some kind of a story 
story every day is something to look forward to, which is always TV of some kind. Right now, Matt and I are doing what we do in the shadows from the beginning, and I'm really, really enjoying it. It's a really fun show. The new one or the old one? Not the movie. The old one's the movie. The new one is the show, which has four seasons on Hulu. Right. Spending some kind of quality moments with my people is a big one. And crafting. It's very therapeutic for me. It allows me an outlet and it's not expected of me, which keeps it fun. Every time I've tried to start a business out of my crafting, I end up hating whatever that craft is. It's no longer fun. So I know for me that what I really enjoy is the zero obligation of crafting. It is literally just an outlet for me. It's going to keep our brain and our dexterity sharp as we get older too. I remember once being little and making a robot out of trash from the bathroom. And it was awful. And it looked like shit. And it wasn't an actual robot but I just looked like a robot. I was held together by masking tape. But I just remember being like, whoa, I made this out of nothing. And that's the feeling I get from crafting all the time is I just used my little brain to come up with something beautiful that was fun for me to do. I'm like the queen of hard labor in that I enjoy starting from nothing and creating something that I did with my own hands. I feel like in another life, I was an artisan or a craftsperson. A laborer of some kind. Yeah, like a silversmith or who knows. But I really enjoy enjoy that like here's a pile of sticks the challenge of it yeah and the fact that not to brag but on a whole I can make stuff that actually looks good and it's not shitty yeah also when I'm in my treadmill phase where I get on the treadmill in the morning and I either bring my laptop and rig up a standing treadmill situation and get an hour of emails out or an hour of work done or I just watch housewives it jump starts my day and I really need to get back on that I know that scrolling comes with its dangers, misinformation, dread, but also something I really enjoy is just being up on pop culture. I like it. It's the kind of news I enjoy. I want to talk about it. I want to know about it. I just think it's fun. And I'm realizing more and more, thanks to my scrolling, that I am such a quintessential Virgo. And this is such a Virgo treat. I just want to be in the know of these certain things. Yeah. And I enjoy it. I like to tell Lee it's for my job. I mean, it is, but I just like to say, like, listen, I'm doing it for my job. I saw a woman talking about how people will say, like, if you like pop culture, if you need to know everything about celebrities, you're stupid. You have no brain. She's a bitch. I would not want to hang out with her. No, no, no. It was a guy who said that. This woman then came on and was like, actually, I'm going to correct you. Basically, what we're doing is the same kind of idolatry that people were doing back in the Greek and Roman times, where they would have statues of Aphrodite and statues of Zeus and statues of what were public figures for them. And they would have lore and stories and gossip about it. It's the same thing we do when we talk about the Kardashians and talk about Pete Davidson. Well, thank you for elevating that. (laughs) I know. I was like, yes, bitch, you just made me feel so much more intellectual. And I've always said, like, you people dog reality TV. Look at it as an anthropologist studying human nature. Yeah. I know some of it's fake. I understand all of that. But I think understanding people's brains and how they work is just fascinating and what motivates them to make the decisions that they make. And I think that's why we were all so obsessed with White Lotus. Yeah. Each character was such a clear archetype. And so it allowed us to really examine and guess what would motivate somebody to do this or do that and what's the outcome going to be. I think that's why we were all kind of obsessed with it. I should write a thesis paper. I mean, you should, really. Up next, Steph from Hulu's Back in the Groove. 
If you're a fan of The Bachelor, Bachelorette, or F-Boy Island, we guarantee you're going to love our next guest show, Back in the Groove, out now, the full season on Hulu, where three women over 40 look for love with 24 younger men. Oh, and did we mention Tay Diggs is the host and an EP? Welcome, Steph. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. I really enjoyed binging the whole show, taking it all in, and just watching this journey. So I'm excited to chat with you. Also, if I may say, you were the best looking. I didn't want to say it, but as a woman that got paired off later in life with my now partner, I was uh, in my late 30s dating mostly people in their early 20s. So girl, really? Mostly because they were fun. It was the first time I had ever done anything like that, especially dated someone that much younger than me. I think the most that I've dated that was younger than me was three years. So it was a lot of fun, but just like what you said, it's for fun. I like 10 years both ways. Anyway, this show was such a departure from typical dating shows that we know. Because not only are Brooke, Sparkle, and yourself established women over 40, two of you also have adult sons. But there was such focus on your paths to healing, what you women wanted from a relationship, and this sisterhood that you guys developed. So good to see women in their prime established. Established being the keyword, in my opinion. Because you know what you want, you know what you don't want. What was this entire experience like for you? It was life-changing. Before I had went, I was dealing with so much because I had just had my surgery five months before. I still had physical restrictions, which I was really concerned about because I've watched a lot of the other shows and I see sometimes they have them dress a certain way or sometimes they have them doing things. And I was like, I'm so limited. So I was really, really nervous. And then when I got there, it turned out to be completely different than I had ever imagined. On top of healing, my body has been going through a really aggressive with withdrawal of toxins because of the breast implant illness, aside from the cancer and then having my breast cut off and the hormonal changes that I was dealing with. I'm really thankful that I was cast along with the two other ladies because that experience every day, it was like a shock. There were days where I was exhausted. I would sleep, I would wake up and my body was just really tired. I was having flare-ups of these rashes on my face and on my chest. It was just crazy. I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And believe it or not, it was the other two girls that kind of held my hand and walked me through. I had a lot of breakdowns on the shows, but I had so many more breakthroughs. I have been carrying around so much luggage from being hurt from past relationships, childhood traumas, being a single mom. It's just so much. I was able to let go of so much weight that was holding me down. It was quite the journey. So my parents had me very young and like you, they also look great and young. It's always been weird for me to think about dating someone older than me because they would essentially be my dad's age. What was it like for you and for your adult son, Stephen, who was a contestant, to date people each other's ages? You know, I've read some comments. For the most part, it's been pretty positive. But there are a few people here and there like, that's really weird that a mom is on a show like this with her son. And what people don't realize is I got pregnant with my son at 18. Same with my mom. At the same time, when I was growing up, learning how to be a woman and a young adult and figuring out who Steph was, I had to learn how to be mom as well. So Steven and I grew up together. And because of that, we have a relationship where he's my best friend and he's my son. So we're very, very close. We speak about everything. Him watching me, he thought it was funny because he knows I don't like younger guys. So he was like, yeah, okay, Ma, let's see what happens. We didn't anticipate on him really being a contestant. He was just going to go there to support me until the cat was out the bag. When I started to see how he was handling himself with the guys and the house,
house and he was the youngest one there. Just the way that he was carrying himself overall, I was really pleasantly surprised because that was the first time that I had ever really seen my son in that adult life. He's my only child, so no matter what, I look at him as my baby at home. I do everything. So while he's there and he's this gentleman, grown man, and he's carrying on and having these conversations, and then I'm speaking to the girls and they're like, he's so mature and stuff. I was just like, wow. So I didn't want to overstep any boundaries and I didn't want to be too overly protective. I wanted to sit back and watch him do him and allow for him to grasp that entire experience. I was just really happy about it. So if Ashley and I may say, we mean this as a compliment. We are so happy that you didn't end up with Leroy. After this experience, do you think that you would date younger again? Leroy and I obviously were not together. He's a great guy. At the time he was 28, he's 29 now. There were differences that we had. I look at things from a different lens. I have 12 more years experience of life than he does. I've gone through things that he hasn't yet. When we had conversations, it was a bit of a difference, but he was really great with me. One thing that I do appreciate about Leroy was he helped me get through a lot of insecurities that I had never had before that I've had since having my surgery. He helped walk me through those. I know that on the show, he looked a lot more childish than he is in real life. He made me laugh so hard from my soul. It was non-stop laughter. And that was exactly what I needed at that time. So that was what had me liking him. Would I date someone younger? It depends on the character. I'm not sure that I would go that much younger. Maybe I would stay between like five, seven years. It all depends on the person's character. I'm really big on characters. For the women out there that are hating on older women dating younger men, what do you have to say to them? After having your life flash before your eyes, you want to live every single moment to the absolute fullest and beyond. Like, let me overflow the cup because tomorrow it can end. And I didn't know what that meant until it presented itself in my life. I don't really like to address the haters. What I do say is thank you for watching the show. We appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed something. I hope that you're happy in whatever relationship you are in. And if you're not in a relationship, maybe you should try something different because sometimes something doesn't work and we're afraid to try something different and we're the ones that lose out. Yeah, get out of that box. I'll try it once. It's not going to kill me. I didn't lose anything. For me, the haters are delusional fans because they like us, but then they just want to just find something not to like. And that's fine. We ask all of our moms this. What's the number one thing you think every parent should outsource, of course, if they have the means to? An education. I think that education is so important. And I feel that there's so many parents that just can't afford to get a great education for their children. And I feel that because of that, there's so many kids that grow up with a disadvantage. I believe that that's one thing that we should all be able to have so they can learn something and do something with their lives. What a great answer. Aside from on the show being very vulnerable and authentic, and open. I really appreciate you coming on the show and being so honest with us. I felt like I was just chit-chatting with one of the girls. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful and I appreciate you guys having me on your show. Back in the Groove is now streaming on Hulu and let me tell you, it is the perfect show to binge during this week between Christmas and New Year's. It is a great, fun binge and you will enjoy it. Hashtag swag bag. 
I am obsessed with this. It's the Dr. Jart Sikapair Tiger Grass Color Correcting Treatment. I've used it too. When I first tried this many years ago, I was like, oh no, it goes on green and it's doing something weird to me. I just wasn't using it properly. This product is a green oily paste, which I know I'm making sound awful, but that's what it is. And what it does is if you have any redness, it color corrects it and just makes it kind of a neutral, essentially even skin tone. What I do is adding the glow screen beforehand. I guess you could use the Hollywood filter or something like that. I have that, but sometimes I find it a little thick for my skin. It feels heavy. You might just be using too much. Okay. Because I've encountered that myself. So what I do is I put a dot on each cheek, forehead, nose and chin. And obviously you're doing all those things. So you want to do little dots. And then I start to just pat it out because most of my redness is on the bridge of my nose, right under my lips, on my chin and my cheeks. I just start patting it out and I let it work its magic, whatever the hell it does. And then I start to blur it in. So by having the glow screen on, it makes you look lit from within. And then that just kind of evens everything out. And that's my base for the day. Unless we have to be on camera or I have an audition or something like that, that is is what I do for my skin routine. It is no fail. Take the time to learn how to use it because if you have redness, it's great. So there's the big bottle is $52, which I got on sale for Black Friday. And the little bottle is 30 something dollars. You can get it at Sephora, Ulta, anything. But because I ordered from the Dr. Jart website on Black Friday for the big one, I got a whole Sikapair gift set. I love when they do that. I do too. And they're full-size products. Holy! It's a small all of the cream that I love. And then one serum, one cream, and one face mist. I've only used the face mist. It was fine. I haven't used the other two yet, but I love that they're letting me try it. Love this. And a cute tote bag. Girl. My hashtag swag bag is this thing. It was meant as a designer coat hook. Oh, those are so cute. I've seen those. But I'm using it to hang Luna's art. Cute. So it's from Peter. Where'd you get it? Amazon? No, I found it one of those little boutique stores when we or upstate. I haven't put it up yet. It comes in a bunch of different colors. I got the blue. They had like mustard, red, gold, black. I've been trying to find ways to hang Luna's art, especially the stuff that I don't necessarily want to frame, but I want to put it up. There is just so much art. It is a constant influx of art. And I throw things away. I don't have a problem throwing a lot of shit away. I do too. But there are some things he makes that I'm just like, this is so cool. I love it. I want to display it. On Amazon, they make this really modern, very clean it's like two pieces of plexiglass with silver circle attachers on the edges. Like a frame. But it's away from the wall. So you could put a piece of cardboard, you could put a larger kids art thing in there and then put it against the wall and it elevates. Luna keeps making really interesting things with cardboard. And I'm like, that would look really good in that frame. So I just bought a couple. I got some large scale frames. That's a really good idea. I like that. Thank you. You know what I hate though? What? The oblong, huge projects where I'm like, where do I even put this. Well, that's this Lucite thing. It's weird. Oh, it's big? This frame is as big as your desk. So how do you put multiple things in there? You don't. It's not like the frames that lift up that you can store the other art in there. It's one at a time, but I have a flat folder with the stuff I really like, so you could switch it out. Gotcha. It's very modern. Love that. All right, guys, it's been real. Love you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Go into 2023 feeling good about where you're at. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. 
accents. Carrie's doing an accent for some reason. That's right. I just decided to do like a British thing for a second. It's a 2022 British send-off. Cheerio. Cheerio, old chap. Top of the morning to ya. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Herring-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or mamadramaband.com. 